everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode, we're talking crypto. Nothing too uh, important. Certainly no financial advice here. Uh, this is not about speculating about the price or, or speculating whether any of the currencies or tokens discussed in this episode are going to go up in value, down in value. I honestly just became curious about it. Um, I happened to overhear a conversation earlier today um, about one currency in particular, which I already forgot the, uh, the name of it. But it was interesting to sort of hear because, you know, these two guys was at the supermarket and he's saying that, you know, Triple M, I don't know, MNM, I, I don't know what the, the token was, like I said, you know, it's valuable because of A, B, or C reason. You know, one guy argued, oh, you know, the protocol is not where it should be, something to that effect. So then I was like, you know what, let me come to the studio, step into the closet here. And um, hearing them talk in technical terms, it sort of made me wonder, what are some silly cryptocurrencies out there? Like, what are the memes of the cryptocurrency space? So, just did a quick little search, and I compiled a small list of, um, you know, some cryptocurrencies that are kind of silly in nature or on the outset. Going to read about them, you know, just discuss it. Of course, my goal here is... Um, again, certainly not financial advice. My goal here is really just to bore you to the point of you just dozing off, falling asleep, and relaxing. So, with that in mind, let's just get into some of these. I found an article, which I can't seem to find the link to, but I'll have to come back to it. But anyway, I thought I would sort of start off by reading the beginning. That's how it goes here. Thanks to the volatile price of Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies are enjoying a frenzied moment in the sun as the market swings wildly on a daily basis. The coins with the highest market cap, Bitcoin, Ether, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Ripple, and others, deservedly get the most attention, but there are blockchain-based digital tokens for just about everything. While there are plenty of cryptocurrencies out there with tangible utility and unique value, in this story, we salute the dregs, the weirdest, wackiest, the most ridiculous coins that have popped up over the past several years. Fans of CryptoKitties, the Beanie Babies of blockchain, are only just realizing the frivolous wonders to behold within decentralized networks. But the cryptocurrency landscape is already littered with the ghosts of hundreds of dead coins that were too niche, too dumb, or blatant scams. The cryptocurrency market capitalization website lists more than 1,500 active coins, but the further down the list you go, the more obscure they get. Below are some of the most out-of-the-box and straight-up bizarre cryptocurrencies we've seen so far. And then mentions here a couple of defunct ones. Vaporware entries like Fonzie Coin, Selfie Coin, Pizza Coin. Should have mentioned that. That would have been interesting. Okay. So let's start with this one. So we start with Kodak Coin. 
the latest company to wade into the cryptocurrency space in ridiculous fashion is Kodak. The venerable camera company announced Kodak Coin at CES in January to manage digital image rights and to pay photographers for image usage. The camera maker even announced a new Kodak Cash Miner mining rig to go with it. Kodak Coin was a reach to begin with, and the company has already delayed its initial coin offering, or ICO, to verify potential investors. However the saga plays out, Kodak Coin deserves a spot on this list. I guess for me, just kind of analyzing Kodak Coin. So, again, the premise here of this particular coin is to manage digital image rights and to pay photographers for image usage. So the first part there again is image rights. So to manage digital image rights. So does that mean, for example, if you take a picture and you upload it, you kind of assign a token to that image so that you know it's your image. In other words, that you took it or you're the original photographer for that image. I guess the paying photographer's part makes sense in the sense that, you know, at that point, I'm taking like a Getty Images, for example, or, you know, any other stock image website. Let's say rather than, I guess, being paid out in USD or having to wait for a certain balance to accrue because it's just expensive for Getty Images to pay you on a per image basis. I guess then they could send you the cash equivalent in a coin and the coin then goes into a wallet, a digital wallet. And then theoretically you could convert. I'm guessing, right? You know, because I'm not in the photography space, I'm on the creative space, I don't know what a digital currency or token like this really make a big difference in terms of your rights and getting paid. And obviously, again, I didn't provide that much information because not, not much was provided in the article. But it's kind of curious to consider, from a practical sense, the image right holder, you know, do they get a real benefit here by adopting this? Up next, we have the Venezuelan Petro. I guess it was made by... Um, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, the embattled leader, said the coin would be backed by oil, gas, gold, and diamond reserves to prop up country's struggling, sanction-laden economy. Maduro gave no details to when the coins would be rolled out or how exactly the Petro would fit into the current monetary and cryptocurrency landscape. The Petro is actually not the first digital currency to emerge from Venezuela. However, that distinction goes to the Bolivar coin. You know, and to be fair, I just don't foresee, you know, again, th this article comes from, I think, 2021. So it's possible that I'm totally wrong, but I just don't envision the government of Venezuela being able to um, produce something that would actually have a, a positive outcome. You know, not to discuss politics, I just, it's difficult to imagine 
on a government scale, being able to roll out, you know, a, a digital currency and do it effectively. It's not, it's not a direct indictment on that as well as government. It's more just to say the the larger the government and the um, the scenario, the the less likely it is they'll get it right. I guess is what I'm saying. Let's move on to a fun one here: Popcoin. When you hitch your wagon to Dennis Rodman, you earn a place on this list by default. I don't know what that means. Potcoin is designed to provide a decentralized banking infrastructure for the legal cannabis industry, which is trained to blockchain for a number of creative solutions. There are actually a number of cannabis-focused coins, including Cannabis Coin, Kush Coin, Bonger, Ganja Coin Pro, and others, but only one sent Rodman to North Korea. So then I went to the Potcoin website, and I got this from their site, History. As I find it here somewhere, here it is. Okay. History. Potcoin is a proof-of-work cryptocurrency that was created much like Bitcoin was. Our first block, block was mined on January 15th, 2014, simultaneously making Potcoin the very first industry-specific cryptocurrency and making the first use of blockchain within the cannabis slash hemp and agriculture sectors. Potcoin's initial plan was to create a decentralized open source network to facilitate trans to facilitate the transition of the legal cannabis industry into the digital age. And so, on January 21st, 2014, news was released publicly and the world started mining and supporting the network. By 2015, Several companies in the Potcoin community had made exclusive ATM machines and placed them in several dispensaries in Colorado, making Potcoin one of the first crypto-centric decentralized organizations in history to have an exclusive interface with the public. While this was solving existential problems for dispensary owners, it quickly became evident that the general public wasn't ready the cryptocurrency industry hadn't broken into the mainstream yet, and customer behavior was still solidly anchored in cash payment. In 2016, the tech team decided to switch the consensus algorithm from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake, thus aligning with the community premise of Potcoin. The transition to POS allowed anyone with a computer to support the network and be a part of the movement, as opposed to requiring extensive knowledge and specialized hardware. POS was also much lighter on electricity compared with traditional mining facilities and therefore a much greener solution. On June 12th, 2017, the community sponsored Dennis Rodman to go to North Korea and negotiate peace between the USA and Kim Jong-un, leveraging his personal relationships with both President Trump and the Supreme Leader. While this endeavor effectively promoted the pacifist values of the community, it also prov proved to be highly profitable for the notoriety of the coin and the project as a whole. Potcoin's community grew 600% overnight. On February 22, 2019, Potcoin unexpectedly lost their lead developer, Snowy13. Snowy13. Snowy13, what is that? 
looks like his name was, his real name was Jim. Jim was a seasoned coder with a hyper ledger background who believed in the PodCoin mission and volunteered the last months of his life to the PodCoin community. The tragic loss of Jim marked a pivotal moment for the project by giving the core team a new and broader cause that aligned with Jim's own beliefs. So, in January 2021, PodCoin prepared to move from its legacy chain to another community that holds similar values and equal love for decentralization. That was probably more about PodCoin than you'd ever expected to learn. I think the the idea I find to be very interesting in terms of an industry-specific cryptocurrency, I guess for me as someone who's not that savvy, is you would kind of assume that at some point in the future, as we adopt, because I think the idea of having a, a ledger blockchain, this idea of having sort of more transparency, I think it makes a lot of sense. So I, I do believe that at some point in the future, you know, and, and not too far away, you know, you'll kind of see more adoption of these types of technology. But I guess I kind of disagree with this notion that it's going to be um, industry or very niche specific currencies or tokens. Like I kind of think eventually you'll see sort of like a couple, almost like how you have, you know, obviously USD and Canadian dollars, and, you know, that's very country specific. But I think in the digital world, you might see a couple different like interoperable you know, currencies, you know, that'll be the equivalent of almost like, you know, USD equivalent. In other words, it's like, you know, it represents real currency um, that'll be traded. And it's just sort of like, almost like different commodities. You know, you have gold, silver, etc. And so I, I kind of wonder if eventually you could sort of trade a couple different ones that kind of, I don't know if I'm making sense. So rather than a specific industry having their own token and their own niche, I guess I can envision it sort of being a more general token that provides the transparency and all that, but is, again, more broadly adopted. I don't know. Could be. Moving on. Moving on. Up next, we have DentaCoin, the only cryptocurrencies by dentists for dentists. DentaCoin is a digital token and blockchain network for the dental industry to help dentists and patients share data and medical records, trade products and materials, and even pay for procedures. Anti-dentities are not welcome, says the Um, the article. Up next, we have Whopper Coin. Only in Russia can you find a cryptocurrency only for buying Burger King Whoppers. Apparently, in Russia, they have Burger, excuse me, Whopper Coin. It's unclear whether it's really used. It says here the Whopper Coin Initiative. Basically, a blockchain based rewards program. Customers rack up one Whopper coin for each ruble they spend, and those who accrue 1,700 Whopper coins get a free burger. 
Next, we have Bitcoin, not coin, Bitcoin, B-I-T-C-O-E-N. The first cryptocurrency that's certified kosher, Bitcoin, is also the first Jewish crypto token made by Jews for Jews all over the world. It's got the whole, I have no idea what it means, Megillah, I don't know what that means. A payment system, loyalty program, marketplace, wallet, and an advertising platform. And 10% of the coins are donated to charity. Next up, we have Unotanium. Unotanium. Mined on the fictional moons of Pandora and used to help Aaron Eckhart make it all the way to the core. Unotanium. Unoptanium is, according to the cryptocurrency's website, the platinum to Bitcoin's gold. A single piece of digital rock made up of unique cryptographic material, a new element. The precious metal of cryptocurrencies is designed to be rare. Only 250,000 Uno coins will ever be mined over the next 300 years. See, I think it's a very... I think it's a very interesting concept. And I'll tell you why. I think if they market it correctly, it could be something valuable, right? Like, why does certain art have value? Art has value because there's a certain marketplace that has assigned value to it, right? Why, why is a Van Gogh much more valuable and expensive than an equally talented artist who painted something, you know, five years ago. You know, there's an element of scarcity there. There's an element of, um, obviously, notoriety behind the artist. So much like my previous point with Potcoin, I can sort of see certain value in having a very scarce coin that has a very interesting story behind it and good marketing behind it. And eventually it kind of, you know, I can imagine in 300 years, someone says like, oh, the last Uno coin was mined and each one is worth X amount of whatever. Obviously it's very speculative. No one really knows, but I can understand the concept of sort of like a very scarce coin or very scarce token with really good marketing behind it. Like, I think there will be a winner in that space. A winner meaning there will be one cryptocurrency that will have a very small supply that has the the right amount of um, marketing behind it that generates enough interest for people to say, oh, you know, much like people collect clothing or, again, art or wine or, you know, artifacts from the past. Couldn't you imagine someone saying, oh, this is, you know, number five, eight, nine, and ten of the Uno coins ever mined. And it's kind of like a digital plaque, you know, that you have on your wall or a plaque that represents, you know, which one do you have? I don't know. You know, I could, I could see it. I could see it. Anyway, up next we have Cypher, 
cipher funks. Is it cipher? No, it's cipher funks. Have you ever wished your favorite internet band was also a digital currency? Well, you're in luck. The cipher funks are a decentralized community of musicians using funk coins, F-U-N-K coins, to support their collective musical dreams. They need the funk. They've got to have that funk. Again, I'm just reading it. Up next, we have cat coins. Of course, it will be a cat coin. Cats are a staple of the internet, and cryptocurrencies are no different. The most famous of several cat-themed digital tokens out there is MonaCoin, the first Japanese cryptocurrency. What is cat token, or C-A-T? Cat token, C-A-T, is a meme token that aims to save cats from harsh treatment by the general public. Meme tokens are cryptocurrencies that are inspired by memes and jokes. Cat token aims to achieve this objective by creating NFT trading cards of cats. The team behind Cat Token aims to send the profits generated from the Uniswap exchange to cat-saving organizations. According to their white paper, the Cat Token provides the users with a digital way to enjoy collectibles through NFTs. Moreover, rewards and challenges for the collection of NFTs are also set. Cat Token is a community-driven ecosystem whereby any community member can rise to be a community leader and take the responsibility. The NFT holders and the Cat Token holders are provided with voting rights. Cat Token's team also aims to, provo- to provide the token and NFT holders opportunities to decide about the community's activities and the fund dedicated, the fund dedicated to cat-saving charities. The maximum total supply of cat is 11 million, which is split between airdrops, marketing, development team, and exchanges. The team members of cat tokens are referred to as cats, and they are given anonymous names. Jerry Cat is the community leader of cat token. Of course, right? Like, there of course had to be a cat token. You know, there was, there was no way there wasn't going to be. Up next, we have Suku. Suku is a blockchain-based ecosystem that makes supply chains more accessible, transparent, and efficient. The platform offers a supply chain as a service platform that connects consumers and businesses. A supply chain serves as a network between a company and its suppliers to produce and distribute goods and services. According to Suku's white paper, existing supply chains usually employ ineffective software solutions and follow complex processes, making supply chains inaccessible and fragmented among participants. Significant innovations have been made to supply chains such as RFID technologies, cloud computing, and mobile platforms. These innovations have further led to a variety of systems across several organizations, such as Enterprise Resource Planning, ERP, Supply Chain Management Platforms, SCMP, and Software as a Service, SaaS Applications, and Platform Services. However, these systems lack integration, 
Hence, the need for transparency, access, and efficiency across industries. The Suku ecosystem aims to use an open software distribution model consisting of application and services utilized by the platform's trading partners and built with technology partners. Further, Suku works with the following infrastructure to grow in the physical and the virtual world. Number one, Suku Omni offers transparency and traceability. Suku Omni helps brands provide transparency to conscious consumers by transforming their supply chain. At the same time, it helps consumers to find verified and transparent products. So it's apparently Suku Omni helps verify module, discover module. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I'll continue. Number two is Infinite World. This is an NFT marketplace and metaverse infrastructure to navigate brands and products into the metaverse space. And number three is Suku DeFi. Suku DeFi is an ecosystem that includes purpose-driven lenders to provide microfinance opportunities to disenfranchise supply chain participants. The founders of Suku are James Bauer, Addison McKenzie, and Shannon Coble. Uh, they co-founded Suku in 2016. James Bauer is the founder and chairman of Game Vice, a gaming company. Addison McKenzie is a SaaS entrepreneur. Shannon Coble is a chief staff and an Air Force veteran. Jonathan Lapchik is the chief executive officer of Suku and a former blockchain product lead at Deloitte. Total maximum supply of Suku is 1.5 billion tokens. So, I guess that's the thing, right? Like, certainly some of these projects and some of these cryptocurrencies obviously have a lot of hype behind them. They obviously have a lot of interest. And in the case of something like Suku, at least at the surface level, they obviously have founders and people that you know, seem to be legitimate entrepreneurs and engineers and, you know, again, people that are, you know, they're serious people. They're not, they're not making, you know, cat memes and which to be fair, I'm not criticizing cat coin because the idea of cat coin, I think is a very useful application of cryptocurrencies, right? It's sort of taking, it's almost like a, a new way charitable giving, right, is rather than just donating money, you sort of get something in return. And in this case, you're getting these NFTs and you're getting, you know, this currency that can be used, you know, perhaps to be spent elsewhere. You know, it's almost like you spend some money to a, a charity and you get a sort of, you know, oh, I, I have this cat coin and maybe I can use it in a different marketplace. So I suppose I can see certainly again, this idea of almost like a, um, cryptocurrencies and tokens as a way of being charitable as well. It's like a, a, a unique and fun way almost to sort of contribute to a cause that's not just, again, donating money. You know, it's kind of cool. Actually, I, I think it's an interesting concept. So I see the, the sort of appeal, you know. Um, when it comes to Suku, to be honest, again, I saw that, you know, as I said earlier, you know, they have very serious people working on the project, but I didn't understand half of what I read. You know, um, 
Suku DeFi, Suku Omni, transparency. I, I, th I think that's one of the key issues that I find as a sort of regular person hearing about crypto and learning about it. And, you know, one of the biggest barriers, in my opinion, for it, for its lack of adoption mainstream is obviously time. But part of it is I just feel like in the industry, as far as I can tell, I feel like it's just a lot of people that are saying big words and a lot of jargon, you know, decentralized and SaaS and all that. I think for the average person, it's like, okay, I, I kind of can understand what you're saying, but then at the same point, you know, you kind of get left thinking like, well, what does it actually mean? What does it actually mean for you to offer a marketplace in the metaverse? So, anyway, this will be the last token of this episode. If you've had a good time learning about these little cryptocurrencies and, and tokens, let me know. Um, you know, I'd be happy to touch on other ones that are interesting, whether that be because they're, you know, low in price, high in price, they're memes, whatever the case may be. So the last one for today is useless Ethereum token. Useless Ethereum token. It's exactly what it sounds like. A first of its kind initial coin offering that transparently offers investors absolutely no value. The website states, quote, you're going to give some random person on the internet money and they're going to take it out and go buy stuff with it. Probably electronics, to be honest. Maybe even a big screen television. Seriously, don't buy these tokens. So it's obviously a uh, a meme of a token and a meme of a uh, of a cryptocurrency, but it's kind of refreshing if you think about it, right? For it to be so like blatant about it. And I think what's interesting there is, as a consumer, maybe you think, well, perhaps there's long-term value here, right? Maybe people look back and say, oh, those useless Ethereum tokens do nothing, but maybe you can actually trade them in the future. Like trading cards, I don't know. Like I remember getting trading cards as a kid and not caring about them. And right now, for some reason, trading cards are like, they're like big business again. So all these things are cyclical. You can kind of see how they take shape. But anyway, I think that's it for this episode. Some uh, crypto curious conversations here. Again, none of this financial advice. This is me just having a good time. And at this point, you should be asleep anyway. So what are you still doing up? Questions, comments, concerns, you can always email me at hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's all for this episode. Take care.